0: We let the- well, I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West Right tight. left. 372 Y stick
2: The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt.
3: Well, how am I
4: gonna go to college? I'll just play football.
3: All right, here we go. Hour two of the show, off and running on this Tuesday in the Farm Bureau Studio, Farm Bureau Insurance, available to you in all 82 counties across the great state of Mississippi because of all of those hometown heroes, local agents in your town, in your county, in your community that you can deal with one-on-one, face-to-face. We stay connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. Check out the C Spire Health app. It's a great way to talk to a medical professional without having to leave your house, without having to go hang out. In a, in a waiting room, frankly, at a doctor's office. C Spire Health, check it out at cspire.com. You can't go wrong. I highly, highly recommend it. Okay, check that out. So lots to get into here in the second hour. It just seemed like we were that first hour flew by. There's so much there. Really appreciate all the comments and the texts. Lots of texts in the country-pleasing text line. A uh, bunch of uh, comments on the Facebook live stream, too. So hey to everybody there who's hanging on into hour number two as we get started. To to just I'm not going to dwell on this too long, but there was still some other texts about the whole um, uh, Cam Newton versus Jameis Winston deal. You know, Saints are picking up Jameis Winston as a backup quarterback, not Cam Newton. Why this that? Two things. One, Jameis much younger. Okay, so we talk about the injury history of Cam Newton. A lot of people may feel like, well, that's kind of come and gone. What are the, what what do you have? Eight years, eleven, twelve. I No, nine years. <laughs> I could have counted it up. Nine years in the NFL for Cam Newton. So he's been in the league four years longer than Jameis Winston, who's you know uh, just completed his fifth year in the league. So Cam Newton four years older. He's played in that many more games. He's played in 125 games. Jameis Winston's played in. 59. So you're just getting a much more fresh and younger player. Number one in Jameis Winston. Sometimes, though, as it would pertain to backup quarterback jumping right into a ball game in a situation, if Drew Brees were to get hurt, there in some situations you'd go get the experience. What well, you know, and and the other side of that coin, that the youth argument would be, well. Uh, They sure didn't take that approach in Tampa. We'll see how it works out. But they got rid of a guy who's five years old in the league to go get a guy who's 42. But I get it. You know, just bringing that up. So there is a difference in their age. Here's the other thing, though. Throwing the football. All those years, all those games more that Cam Newton has played, I gave you the wrong. I said 59. Cam Newton's played in 125 games. Jameis has played in 72. That's the numbers. 125 for Cam. Uh 72 for Jameis. So a little over 50 more games for Cam Newton. But you look at the touchdowns. Cam Newton threw 182 touchdowns. Jameis has thrown 121. I mean, those numbers. He's ahead of his pace. Um, A career 61% completion for Jameis Winston. A career 59% completion uh, for Cam Newton. You look at interceptions in that time. Now, Jameis Winston also ahead of Cam Newton's pace right there. 88 career interceptions for Jameis Winston in those 72 games. 108 picks for Cam Newton in 125 games. And then, of course, the rushing stats are what's so different. You know, Winston not a runner. He's got 10 rushing touchdowns, but Cam Newton's got 58 rushing touchdowns in his career, two entirely different players. So if I were to continue this conversation with you, we just looked at the numbers, just you know, basic numbers on those two. If I were to continue that with you, this is one thing I would say. But I wanted to go devil's advocate and go the Saints should have signed Cam Newton instead of Jameis Winston. The only way I would do it might be He's he's got more experience and has played in a Super Bowl, and he's a similar type player to Taysom Hill. And if Drew Brees gets hurt and you get into your backups – Right, you could have Cam Newton and Taysom Hill, who can both run and throw. Eh, you know, I and it may be a stretch. Again, if I was going to do devil's advocate, the thing about Jameis is this cat can hang in there and throw the ball the way Breeze can. You know, I'm not, I don't, I don't. Let me back up. He's not Drew Breeze. He's not as good as Drew Brees. Not saying that. I'm saying he can run the offense the way Drew Breeze does, where you're in the pocket and you're just throwing a football. You you get what I'm saying? Not the runner. So anyway, I just thought I would give you that info. And because Tyler texted me uh, during the break there on the country, please, and text line, and he said, I know that Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis are smarter than we are, and they obviously know something on Cam. Well, and the other teams do too. There's a reason that he's not signed at this point. There's just a reason. Every week, Tony on the country, please, and text says, Jameis Winston is not the athletic freak that Cam Newton is or used to be before he got hurt but he is by far a more talented passer and that's the thing about even last year with winston you know look at that game that tampa did they win that game in that shootout that high scoring shootout out in uh los angeles playing the rams i think they went out there and won it and you were kind of surprised it was like 50 to 40 something it was a game where i mean this cat just hung in there and threw the ball and threw the ball and threw the ball and, the ball. and it it was almost like old-school pocket passer NFL-type stuff from Jameis Winston where you remember like the Jeff Georges and the Neil O'Donnells of the world would, for the Steelers would stand in there and they'd throw three picks. But doggone, they'd throw four touchdowns too and throw the you-know-what out of it all night long. and And, yeah, that's kind of the mold that he's in now at this point in his career. You're right. He is a better passer than Cam Newton. And it kind of shows me that they they went out and brought in Jameis Winston to try to have a backup quarterback, one with experience on a and, and a lot of knowledge about an in division foe, but a guy who can stand in the pocket and and just throw the football and distribute and run it the way that you're trying to run it with Drew Brees, which Taysom Hill really couldn't do. Bridgewater could do. But he's gone, in the division, for that matter. Instead of, and and let me back up, and they almost kind of then went out and hedged their bets a little bit on the athletic part of the quarterback position, do some different things by going in the seventh round and drafting Tommy Stevens. Let's bring that kid in here and see what he can do. Because if he legit ran a 4-4, and we've seen his, heck, they used him as a running back and a receiver at Penn State. And when he was healthy, he ran the ball like crazy at State. For a couple of games when he was healthy, watch him against Arkansas. He can run. If he legit ran a 4-4, Tommy Stevens at 6'4", 245 pounds, Tommy Stevens is a much more talented right arm than Taysom Hill. Well, I, So you go, why would the, you say they're hedging their bets on that? Because they just gave Taysom Hill a big contract. Well, if Taysom Hill's going to go out and play special teams and run the ball, he can get hurt just like that. And you spent all of training camp putting in a package for your team where on certain situations you're going to have an athletic quarterback. And Taysom Hill's got the contract, but if he gets hurt and we have Tommy Stevens on the practice squad, boom, here he is. 6'4", ran a 4-4 at his pro day. We'll move him into that role and then decide if we want to run it in a game or not. So I think that's what I mean by kind of hedging on that is just protecting themselves a little bit for what kind of plan they're going to put together to have a viable offense with some variations at quarterback if an aging Drew Brees goes out there and snaps his thumb again. And all of us who are Drew Brees' age or close to it know, just like Billy Gardell, the comedian, said, you know you're getting old when you can hurt yourself sleeping. You wake up in the morning, you're injured. You don't know why. So I just think it's a really – I go back to what, Tyler, what you said on the country pleasing text here. Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis are smarter than we are. I think it's a really smart move on their part. You know, the rest of the draft, who, who knows? They didn't only had a handful of picks. Uh, but we'll see. The other text that we got in the carryover from hour one to hour two was Squirrel. And he told me that he was going to run to Paul Feinbaum and tattle on us for getting banned from the show after two calls, which is a lie. It's not even close to true. He says, you're right, that story is made for show lights like his. And I responded, number one, you're not banned. We read his text in hour one. Number two, it wasn't phone calls. Squirrel didn't call us. He didn't even, like, we didn't even get into it about any phone calls of yours, Squirrel. We didn't. I just simply yesterday asked you, don't bother, don't call. I'm not going to ban anybody from the show. I'm not into that. I'm just not going to do it. I was honest with Squirrel and told him I just don't like him. I just don't like him. He talks down to everybody. He talks down to chicken Hawk squirrels kind of like the guy who needs some attention beaver. He's kind of like the, the kid in first grade who likes the little girl over there and he can't get her attention. So he goes and pulls her pigtails, you know, or, or hits her. He,
5: he, He, does that make sense? I, I guess, I mean, look, here's my deal. Honestly, I have, I have zero issues with squirrel. Um, I don't I don't like when he attacks Chicken Hawk but how, you know do we know if that's real or not but I've I've met Squirrel once before and that brief time that I talked to him he seemed like a really nice guy. Yeah. I have no issues with him. My only issue is that last week remember we came to the conclusion that on on here fine balm is an F word. Oh yeah, so we don't say that.
3: Okay. I'm terribly terribly sorry beaver it's funny how like twice now in about three shows you've had to really get on to me for that (laughs) and you've done it in like a very nice way (laughs) what you need is like um we need some type of buzzer like hooked up to a cattle prod that i'm sitting on (laughs) and you can just zap me whenever i do it but that's just kind of the stuff we get he's like Oh, yo, bomb, you, you banned me after two calls. You didn't even call. What are you even talking about? Just making stuff up out of the blue, and it's total troll work is what it is. But But see, I have a different opinion than Beaver does. Beaver's actually met squirrel. See, that's the other thing, too. I think all of us probably are different in some ways online than we are offline, and I think that's fair for everybody. I do have some NFL news I want to forward to you to make sure that you're aware. So, this gives me an opportunity to hit one of my favorite buttons again. Here it is. Ba-da, ba-da. Yes. Monday night football theme. I just love it. NFL executives are reportedly discussing delaying the Super Bowl. And completely (laughs) getting rid of the Pro Bowl, which they should have done a long time ago. Doggone it. With ongoing stay-at-home orders being extended throughout dozens of states and around the country, the NFL continues to work around the possibility there may be serious delays to the start of its 2020 season. Yesterday, new reports from the Sports Business Journal, which let me just say I get, and it's the best, you got to pay for it. Reports from the Sports Business Journal detailed what a delayed season could look like, including moving the Super Bowl to February 28th, 2021. The report states that specific conversations have occurred with Tampa, that's where it's going to be, about delaying the Super Bowl by one week to February 14th, but a source said the last two weeks of February are in play as well, so even later, potentially. Okay, so if you're moving the end back, means they're definitely talking about moving the start of it back. And here's another possibility that came out yesterday. No Pro Bowl. Lord have mercy. Come on with that. What a waste of time. You know, put it beside their name, but nobody knows why they're doing it. At least one contingency plan focuses on, quote, cutting the weekend between the conference championships and the Super Bowl, where the Pro Bowl is typically played, to allow another week to be lost to delays. In other words, you don't have a two-week delay from the end of the conference championship games to the Super Bowl. Just back-to-back, week-on-week. The other thing is no bye weeks. Instead, two weeks of early season games could be shifted wholesale to the end of the season. A third week would feature teams only playing opponents with the same bye week. So that week could be cut and byes eliminated league-wide. Now, players aren't going to like it. What's f- interesting about the timing of all this too is the NFL had just decided they were going to, you know, expand the regular season, expand the playoffs, and looking at cutting back on the preseason and all this. Well, y- you can cut back on the preseason, all right. There may not be a preseason; likely won't be. But you can sure play the ball games, and they are looking at this plan to do it. I just want you to be aware again. Maybe all of this, the college football stuff I gave you in hour one, the NFL stuff I'm giving you now, maybe all of it is simply silver lining, looking at best case scenario. But I think the signs are pointing towards things are trending toward. We're about to get things going at some point. And it may be July. It may be August. Here we go. Tide Man on the DaVinci Equipment phone line, DaVinci Equipment, Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer. What's up, Tide Man?
1: Hey, good afternoon. How you doing?
3: As far as I know, I'm just yeah. right.
1: I know good. Hope y'all are being safe. Hope everybody's being safe Absolutely. out there. But, uh, I was, I was going to chime in because you, you brought up Cam Newton and obviously as a Bama fan, I am not the most objective sure. commentator <laughs> on him. So I'll say that, admit that right up front. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I'm not a hater. I don't, I don't hate people. You know, I, I, I hate losing, um, but in, and I like certain teams and certain athletes, and I like have a preference for the way certain people do things. I'm a huge Michael Jordan fan. I was I was privileged to be in high school during the glory days of the Bulls with Jordan. And, uh, uh-huh. You know, I just I just uh, I'm, I grew up in Atlanta, so my my friends got on me. They're like, because I would pull for <laughs> the Bulls against the Hawks. You know, they <laughs> thought I was the biggest. Trader, tra- yeah, that's just, that's just how diehard of a of a Jordan fan that I was, um, even before he won any national any, any NBA titles. But uh, but I just like the way he did things, mm-hmm. you know. In mm-hmm. this in this, uh, you guys have probably talked about the series, the ESPN series. It's really really good, but it just it goes in depth, and you know, it just shows you even more what type of heart he has. He might not be. The most upstanding human being, or the mm-hmm. nicest guy in the world, <laughs> you know, but the way he approached the game, right? Uh, sportsmanship, effort, all, all the things that physical attributes and the intangible Jordan had it all. Hey, Tadman, I mean, it's he almost had,
3: like it's almost like Michael Jordan had more respect for the game of basketball and his role in it than he did anything else in his life.
1: Absolutely, ab- 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 absolutely. To, to, if we're going to talk about human beings and spirituality and all that, probably to a fault.
3: You know, exactly. To that's what I mean. Yeah, fault. absolutely. <laughs> right. to, to a fault. Yeah.
1: But, right. But, but that's what made him great on, on the court. Mm-hmm. Now compare that. I, I bring him up to compare that to Cam Newton, who is, uh, and I'm going to admit right up front, it was amazing that, that 2010 mm-hmm. was when Auburn, uh, made the epic comeback. In Tuscaloosa against us, we we're up 24 nothing at the half. They came back.
3: I've never seen us. anything Can like anything. that before or since, Tide Man.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you as an Alabama fan, the kick six game, that, you know, that yeah. hurt, but that didn't, that didn't steam. That was a game where you look at it it's like, that's college football right there. That's just, that's, that's, you know, Cal mm-hmm. versus Stanford. The, the band is on the field. You know, that kind of stuff happens. You just talk it up to the man. Wow. You know. Good for Auburn and let them celebrate. That's a, that's just one of those crazy things that happens. But that Cam Newton game stinks, and I think any Bama fan, I don't know, I can't speak for all Bama, but I think most Bama fans would agree that that game stung because we were we were the better team. We mm-hmm. were just the better team. We dominated that first half, and we had not making excuses. We had key injuries in the second half. We had like free safety Mark Barron was out there playing with one arm. There's no excuse. But but Cam Newton give him. I mean take nothing away from him
3: he but took he over is, an entire ball over, game did, from a 24 nothing deficit in tuscaloosa in the second the half run. of the iron bowl he did. I just it's incredible
1: he did. he did and it was and it was it was epic and and it stings i mean it's it to me it's like you, it's 2010 that happened to me it feels like it happened three years ago yeah. that, that's that's how that game and it wasn't we lost two games we had lost two games so we weren't in a national championship hunt but we, we knew going into that game we were just so much the better team and it, it was just so that game I'm just being honest Is about that game stings other band fans might call in and disagree with me but that game stings and I give I give Cam Newton all the credit but bottom line Cam Newton um, like I said I don't hate anybody but Cam Newton unlike Jordan Cam Newton I don't think respects a game and no. that Super Bowl when he jumped away from that fumble, that's all you need to know. You know, him. I okay. I can't get that. But anyway, it's real, so real tied and I'll I'll talk to you later, man. Okay, thanks okay, for let me talk to yeah, you. Yeah, call right, me bye-bye. anytime.
3: Call me anytime. The, it, those two images burned in my memory, and they are so polar opposite. And that's Cam Newton taking over college football and absolutely owning Alabama in its own stadium. In the second, he was Superman in the second half of the Iron Bowl, compared to that moment in the Super Bowl where he shied away from jumping onto a fumble. I mean, they're polar opposites. I think I'd, I think I'd sign Jameis Winston instead. Also, stick around. on the show. Not to like, I guess this this would be sort of kind of making fun of a PSA that I just heard on my own show, but seriously, homeless dogs and cats, and I'm all for adopting them and stuff, that's great, but like we got an organization that says we're going to (laughs) eliminate... The possibility of homeless dogs and cats? I mean, we got a celebrity on Beaver, did I hear that correctly?
5: What which part?
3: A celebrity on this PSA that said, I believe that we can reach a you know a day when there are no more homeless dogs and cats. <laughs>
5: <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Look, Matt Wyatt, it's okay to talk about these PSAs. Some of the PSAs that we run are just (laughs) the worst, and there's a lot of them are just super depressing, and I hate that they're in there, but, you know, I mean, they're PSAs. They're for a good reason when it comes down to it, but some of them are just, why are we doing this? Like, hey, we're going to bring you way down, way down, way down. Actually, me and Chris (laughs) said this very thing two days ago, or three, or yesterday, it was the super, super depressing PSA that played at 10:58, and I looked at Chris. I was like, "Hey, we know you're super sad now, but get ready for the gridiron." <laughs> it's out of so place. We, so we can use that with any show, really. Get ready for the Matt Wyatt show. You know, <laughs> well, insert thinking, show here.
3: That's what brought us back was a PSA with this woman going, "We're go- we're going to do our part, and you can help us totally eliminate homeless dogs and cats." <laughs> I mean, Dad, gum it. I'm all for dogs and cats. I got one of each. I got two of one and one of the other. And I like them. And I don't like the idea of homeless ones. But look, you ain't ever going to eliminate all the homeless dogs and cats. I don't care what you do. Every person in America, all at one time, every single one of us, could all at once strike out looking for a homeless dog or cat, try to round them up, take them in. And, and we still wouldn't find all of them. <laughs> we still wouldn't find them all. <laughs> That's so stupid. But I, you get an E for effort. Lynn is hanging on the Divinity Equipment phone line. And, Lynn, I just want to thank you for that. For hanging on as long as you have, so let's do it. Oh, yes, uh, yeah, you're right, Tony Joe. What about homeless squirrels, Lynn? Thanks for hanging on, man. What's up?
0: Oh, man, oh, was...
3: Dad, gumming. I think. I th- hey, hang on, Lynn. I think we made you hang on so long that now we've lost uh, your signal. Let's try. Let's see if I can hear you now. Start over. Dadgummit. I ought to be kicked in the fanny for having Lynn hanging on as long as he did, and then we run out of signal. Let's go to Wes, who's hanging on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment, Madison and Jackson. Hey, Wes, what's up? Hey, man, how you doing? Colonel Mustard here. Oh, Um, Colonel Mustard. What's up? uh, Living the
2: dream, brother. Living the dream. a baby. I heard I heard y'all uh, talking about the PSAs, and I just couldn't. I I thought I literally was the only person on the planet who thought that the PSAs were just a little overboard,
5: <laughs> you know.
2: Because you know, at the beginning of the whole entire coronavirus, they started, you know, celebrities started singing at us again, you wow. know, like every time a hurricane happens, and and you know, we just get about through by all these people who you know, are in a way different tax bracket than we are, but uh you know, Tammy Rose might just be the voice we're looking for in mm. the middle of all this because her PSAs are are I, I, honestly, I don't know what she's doing because I, unless there's there's no natural disaster that I would seek her
3: advice. I don't know the terror. and who help me out, Wes. Clue me in on who we're talking about here, so I know who Tammy is. All right. So
2: Tammy owns an establishment. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hit the name because I don't want to. Well, I don't want to be. Okay, the I think
3: I know what you're getting at now. But let me ask you. Hold on. Let's bring Beaver into this real quick. Beaver, is that a PSA or is that straight up advertising?
5: Well, uh, which one?
3: He's talking about. Uh, the woman named Tammy. Oh, that's advertising. Yeah, see, Wes. So, see, that's the thing. That's not a PSA. We're glad to have that.
2: See, but the, but there's the
3: one where she's like, "We're, we're gonna, in
2: our mind and we're gonna be okay. We're gonna get it, through it." But it. <laughs> it sounds like she's inside a box, man. I
3: mean, <laughs> hey, but here's the thing about it, Wes. You remember it, don't you?
2: I do, but unless I, I wonder need, why. Unless,
3: I wonder why you.
2: I, I read, <laughs> unless, I need, <laughs> unless I need
3: instructions on uh, how to survive a dual
2: alcoholism. I didn't think I need any.
3: All right, Wes. All right, comfort. Wes. <laughs> All, All
2: right, right Wes. I, I, I Have, so thanks, buddy. I don't kill him,
3: buddy.
5: Way to snort everywhere, Matt Wyatt. Fever.
3: I have never been happier that one of our callers had a really poor signal and we could barely hear what he was saying. (laughs) Did you hear the term that he just used that he made up? Wes. (laughs) I'm going to have prayer for Wes later. Lynn's back. Let's see if we can hear Lynn now. Lynn, what's up, man?
0: Hey Matt, sorry about that. I think there's a dead spot here in Columbus, Ohio, as I
3: hand.
0: So I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no your,
3: problem, we got you loud uh, and clear now.
0: Uh got one other thing I'm gonna talk to you about, but I got a quick question for you. What's the only thing as exciting as a Mississippi State win?
3: The only thing In college sports. In college sports, I know what I think yeah. I know what you're gonna say, and that's an old miss loss.
0: You close. I was
3: thinking of Alabama loss. Alabama loss, 24. okay. <laughs> 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 yeah, I know so how I, the game I, works. I love,
0: hearing them, I love hearing them go down like that. That just tickles me. To get <laughs> but, uh, now, I was going to ask you about this. Uh, you know, we, you were talking about it earlier. The whole COVID-19 thing and opening back up and getting ball rolling You again, know, maybe. Do you think maybe with Georgia kind of jumping out there in the forefront like they're doing, kind of really moving the ball back, that if they don't have a hit a stumbling block, that that might make it easier for everybody to get back in, provided they don't hit a roadblock? You're talking about the, the block, state of Georgia. The yeah,
3: the, yeah, the state of Georgia and the governor deciding they were going to – and even getting a little blowback from the president for, for opening up what I he said. Yeah. a lot was, of blowback. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no doubt. Well – Yes. I mean, I think the answer is uh, no doubt. I mean, if it kind of starts to go smoothly for them, you know, look, Lynn. Maybe a place to really watch to see what happens. Right. You know, and certainly a place like Atlanta. Has Atlanta, even though they're opening back up in Georgia, though, are they putting out these mandates that everybody must wear masks and stuff like other places are doing? Have you all heard that?
0: I don't, I don't know. I heard the parts and stuff were back open in Georgia. I, I don't know. I ain't been there. Uh, yeah, I hadn't I heard. I'm not, i am not i am not sure. I just, I thought that might be a place we could maybe, kind of monitor. If they don't, if they don't have a bad blow up on them, and I pray they don't, or anybody else, for that matter, obviously. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, that might be something to really give us some hope because. Sure. I kind of think Atlanta's doubtful if, if, if we don't get the ball rolling pretty soon
3: right well uh lynn you know there's a couple things about it one is to your question yes i mean if 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 it kind of goes smoothly and helps them to start getting things back open smoother uh, other states are going to look to them there's just no doubt about it because people across the country are already there it's about to be may the first and we're and and people across the country are going all right just about had enough of it and you know then you're seeing more people open things up but with the stipulation that if you're out in public, um, you know, you legally must have a mask on. And there's people that are kind of throwing a fit about that. My thing is that just makes sense. You know, if somebody tells me, Hey, you want to come into our town and in our businesses, you better have on a mask. Okay. I'll put one on. Uh, I don't mind I I mean, if I've got, got one, you know,
0: you got roles and everything you do. Sometimes you don't always have to lock them. I didn't, When I work in construction, I hate to wear a hard hat,
3: but I have to do it. That's exactly right, Lynn. That's a great example. You know, they tell you, you better have a hard hat on when you're out here. Well, it's kind of for your own protection and for the company, too. They've got some liability involved there also, but I don't mind wearing a mask. And I've got one, Lynn, that a mask that it has got the Mississippi State logos on the front, but it's a little too tight, and so it really makes my ears stick out. I kind of look like a monkey when I've got it on. (laughs) but I wear it anyway, you know? <laughs> I
0: wear it too, Matt. Yeah. I wear it too. All right. Well, I'm going to let you get on to your next one. Thank uh, you. She's had a good draft. We'll see y'all. All right.
3: See you, Lynn. Thank you. On the PSA. Well, let's see here. Anthony from Tupelo text the show and he said, uh, Uh Cam Newton seems to have a hard time coming to terms being, at this time in his career, a backup quarterback. He doesn't seem to be on the humility chart, according to him. Talking about a PSA about homeless animals. (laughs) He said, what about birds, flies, squirrels? Eric says, by far the worst PSA major key alert. I don't know what that is. I'm not familiar with that. Chris says, no, Tammy isn't the voice of the people. <laughs> Look, let's, let's don't be judgmental, okay? Jason in Flagstaff says, if Georgia and Tennessee start getting bad again, though, nobody will try again, which is what Trump was warning about. And that's right. And you know what, Jason? Man, we're going to continue to see cases of this COVID thing just going forward, period. It's here. It ain't going anywhere. It's just a matter how many and how bad. Y'all stick around. Back on the show, Jason, out in Flagstaff, Arizona, listening to the show online, sent us a picture of a snake. He said, we got to do something about those homeless snakes, too. Jason, I, I've picked up over the years, you're kind of fascinated with snakes. You're always sending me snake pics. I don't mind them. I'm not afraid of them. I just couldn't tell by the picture. but That's a cottonmouth? Mm Hmm. Yeah, we're gonna start seeing more of those, right? It's gonna start warming up as we get into May. I tell you what, I mean, you think about it. We haven't had a ton of warm weather, have we? Not early, anyhow. Here it is, April twenty eighth. Yesterday morning at my house, when I woke up, it was forty four degrees. Big storm could be coming through tonight, so y'all be weather aware overnight throughout the state, especially North Mississippi. And then hopefully we get into some better weather after that. All right, back on the show, finishing up with you. still a little ways to go, and I got time to take your phone calls and your texts so y'all get them in. Uh, Lynn on the uh, Facebook live stream, facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt, he's watching. Lynn says, snakes are great. As boots. <laughs> I agree. I like snakeskin boots as well. I'm all for them, uh, in fact. Let's go television history, shall we? Yes, let's do it. All right? little On This Day. First up. On this day in 2000, Jay Leno received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And on this day, two years later, Two years later, exactly, NBC uh, NBC taped the Tonight Show's celebration of its 10th year with Jay Leno. So, Beaver, I wonder if your opinion is, like, is it as simple as Johnny Carson, the best Tonight Show host, then Jay Leno, and then that's pretty much it? Or... Where does Jay Leno fall in the pantheon of late night TV hosts for you?
5: I'm, for me, it's going to be Letterman. Yeah, and that's just because Johnny Carson he was really just before my time before I started mm-hmm. watching the late nights. Right. Uh, for me, it's Letterman. Yeah, the Letterman Leno battle that was, that was that. It's hard to beat that. Yes, it's hard to beat that. For a while, I liked Fallon. But I just got to where, you know, years ago when I actually started working here and getting up early in the morning, mm-hmm. I just I, right. I couldn't watch any late-night stuff right. anymore. So I haven't seen him in so long, but Fallon's pretty funny.
3: He He's funny. And, you know, there's been some good ones. That's the thing. that I'm the same way, uh, Beaver, as I've kind of gotten older. My, my clock has changed, and I'm just not up watching the late-night shows. I used to watch them all. And you know what? Letterman to me was always kind of the first click I'd click it over to Letterman first always he was just they were a little more entertaining kind of like just a tad bit more out on the edge with their comedy and all but it was like the tonight show with Jay Leno was uh, what's the right more tightly produced A little more, what's the right word, highbrow, it was NBC, a little cleaner. I I don't know if that's even true, but it just always kind of felt that way. It's like The Tonight Show got consistently better guests there for a long time, and then Letterman and everything caught up. And look, early on, Conan, late night Conan O'Brien, they were great. Tremendously entertaining. I got, I've told this story before but I got to go and sit in the audience at the Tonight Show with Jay Leno. This was about 2000 and well, heck, it was about 2002 or 3. Yeah, got to go. And I got to sit on the very front row. Like so he's standing out on the wood floor doing his monologue and I'm on the front row. He's like right in front of me. I could have stepped on his foot if I'd wanted to. If he had sneezed, I'd have had to cover myself. You know, that's like I'm right there. And uh, it was a pretty neat experience to see all that. only done it one time. And on that particular episode, the guests were uh, Pamela Anderson from Baywatch at the time, the original Bachelor, the first one, and the musical guest was Busta Rhymes. And I've told this story before, too, but... During the musical act, Busta Rhymes started walking through the crowd, like coming up and walk and he walked right in front of us. And I gave him a fist bump. I did a fist bump to Busta Rhymes in the middle of his deal on the Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Yeah. True story. God, it was a long time ago. Going on 20 years ago. Whew. Give me a break. Okay. Also, on this day, here's one for you, Mr. Bieber. This is going to spark a conversation, whether we want it to or not. On this day in 2000, the final episode of The Cosby Show aired. 2000. Think about growing up with The Cosby Show. Think about Bill Cosby now, he's in jail. The Cosby Show had a new theme song, intro, every season. They only doubled up for seasons six and seven. They had eight seasons. Here are the differences. So that's season one. Uh, Here comes season two. Pretty closely related. And then we start to change it up a bit. Season three. (laughs) I'd say. Beaver, any of these ringing a bell for
5: you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that one actually sounds familiar. All
3: right. That was season three. Season four. It's when Don't Worry, Be Happy was really popular. Bobby McFerrin. they had him do this. Now, season five was the real oddball. This is the theme for their season five intro to the Cosby Show. Real dramatic, choreographed. And then six and seven. This is the one everybody remembers because it was for two seasons. And then season eight, uh, and that'll wrap it up. Yeah, the Cosby Show. It was a great show, but we don't see any more of them because of the whole Bill Cosby stuff. That's it. Uh, I got some baseball history on this day. This is fun. On this day in 1995, after the Major League Baseball strike, three fans jump a Shea Stadium fence outside a Mets game with one out in on the top of the fourth inning and began scattering dollar bills at the feet of the Mets players on the field. As a finale to their defiant act, the trio stood on second base with their arms up, showing the opening day crowd t-shirts that are stenciled with the word greed.
1: A fistful of dollars got three young men in trouble with the law at Shea Stadium, but it won the heart of a lot of fans. The three stood at second base throwing around dollar bills, a protest against the owners and the players last night.
4: And people gave us a standing ovation. It sent a message to the players and the owners that the people who come still are mad at them. They
2: say they care about the fans. It's kind of like a PR move. They have to say they care about the fans, but, you know, do
3: they really care about the fans? I don't think so.
1: A lot of Mets fans agree. They just stayed away. It was the smallest home opener crowd in 14 years.
3: How about that? Let's wind it up with a phone call. Davinny Equipment Phone Line. Magnolia Rebel fan on the phone. Hello.
4: Hey man. I just want to say I'm also i I'm a Magnolia fan, basically, because I pull for both of y'all. Rebels is okay. my choice. Okay. But why you are one I want to give a shout out to, because I loved you to death when you were playing there. But John Vaughn, your friend, I hope that's what the case is. Joe, yes, yes. I met him personally. It was back, it was in between 78 and 79, I think. Might have been 80. I'm not positive on the year, but, and it was at a, a party at a, a off-campus um, apartment, you know. But okay. It was a, had that whoopie juice and all that stuff, but he wasn't drinking or nothing. But I thought he was going to be like a celebrity type, you know. Mm-hmm. And he was so down to earth. I sit there and talk to him. He talked to me like I was just another human being. <laughs> and I wanted to make a good shout out to him. I, I, I adored everything he did, loved him as a person. And the way you sound on the radio, I believe I love you, too, as a person, brother.
3: <laughs> Man, I appreciate that the so much. Mississippi fan, bro. Yeah, thank you. And I appreciate you calling. You can call me anytime, okay?
4: I got y'all's number now. I'm on. Hey, and I'm one more shout-out, Chicken Hawk. All right. I miss you, brother. They done cut you off on it. but I, he, he was part of the show. I listen to y'all every day. Yeah, we, <laughs> hadn't had a,
3: we have not had a call. From Chicken Hawk, I think until we told him he had a time limit on Friday. Well, I I'm going to take care of that. Yeah, I miss him too. we got to get Chicken Hawk back. It's not the same without him. we got to make sure he gets back. Yeah. Thanks for the call.
4: And Baber, shout out to Bieber. <laughs> Later.
3: Later. And you're right, John Bond. He was a big celebrity, but he is and was and is one of the most down-to-earth people that you'll ever meet. And fun to be around, too got to get john back on here as well we got to get john on and we got to get chicken hawk on and that's just all there is to it good show here on this tuesday let's do it again tomorrow see y'all then same time same place in the farm bureau studio see ya